grand scheme of things, you are the Moriarty to my Sherlock Holmes. So Maybe it's reversed. Oh, wait, the Moriarty is the bad guy? Look, you are the Watson <laughs> to my Holmes. <laughs> so I'm the equal but bad guy. Cool. <laughs> and that, that, that's been recorded, so that's for the record. Well, I'll keep this in. You know, whatever. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Behind the Fourth Wall, the podcast where we review and discuss movies, TV shows, and everything else pop culture. Today, we'll be taking a deep dive into What If Season 2 on Disney+. Plus. My name is Ivan, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host and the head pro in the Mario Golf Clubhouse, Emmett. It's a me, Emmett. Oh, that, might have, that might get me canceled. <laughs> Whoops. It's culturally insensitive. I'm, I'm part Italian, though. Okay, there you go. You get a pass. I get twenty five percent of a pass. I'm like, I'm, I'm like one fifth Italian. So the one fifth part of me is like, pass. we've got, yeah, go. we, we we've got plenty on our side. Yeah. There. Are you I'm a Mario like, golfer? Um, no, I I didn't even know Mario had a golf game. <laughs> I've been a golfer, a Mario golfer since N sixty four. Ooh. And then my sister has it for Switch. You need to get that. Uh, now that you mention it, I think I will. I you have probably already a, have it. <laughs> have a couple of uh, Amazon gift cards. I should probably put to good use. <laughs> it's a lot of fun, man. You get to like run after the ball after you hit it, or you just play like regular golf. You know what I have played though? That's Mario sports related. Tennis, soccer, soccer. yeah, Mario All Star soccer, foot, football. Yes. Yeah, football. I don't know about the soccer. Well, you know, we're, since since we're in America, everybody seems to. Okay, l- listen, I don't well, get we, the we concept have a foreign of listener base. American football <laughs> makes no sense to me at all. Like it's not you're throwing it for the most part, you're kicking it once. Why is it called football? Everyone loves to pile on on this argument. I'm just saying it makes. No Maybe sense. it's just about asserting domination that we're taking over the name football. <laughs> Go America! <laughs> I I wouldn't put it past America to do that. <laughs> We don't even want to call it that. But this is like throwball. America convinced Messi to come over here. So, you know, soccer's on the rise here. Money talks. Money talks. It does. So does Florida. Florida's catching all the, like, Latino celebrities up in here. All right. So, enough Mario Golf. Any news? I feel like we didn't really have much for last week. So, we kind of were skipping it this week. We were talking before the pod about Aquaman 2. This is maybe the second thing that I kind of missed out on, I guess, during the break, which was, you know, I texted you about what if, and I'm like, hey, by the way, they're dropping an episode daily. But somehow in the middle of all that, Aquaman 2 got released and to very little fanfare, I'm assuming. Somehow. (laughs) Somebody dropped it by accident. Someone leaked it. No, in theaters. Like, I I saw nothing, man. I saw no um YouTube like press stuff that usually comes around this time. Yeah. I did not see Jason Momoa and his co-stars sitting down with puppies getting interviewed and stuff. True. I didn't, didn't see the host SNL. He might have done that. But that's like a loose connection to be like, oh yeah, that's coming out now. Because he's hosted it? SNL a bunch. Has he was that him or was that Bad Bunny? Because I know one of them. Bad Bunny did it. Okay. So did Maybe. Adam Driver. Emma Stone did one. Recently. They all have long hair. But so no, you're right. Like I saw Adam a couple commercials there. for this, but I want to say that was back in like October, maybe September. Yeah. 
it's uh it's kind of lending more cre like more weight to the rumor that uh, WB is going broke and they had no budget for marketing a lot of these films that they had because even Wonka I totally forgot Wonka was out too. That's been on my short list for a month now. I just need to go. Are you are you gonna make time for either of these two movies? I'm gonna go to Wonka. But I'm not going to go to Aquaman. And I think oh. that's the problem is like, even if they spend an extreme amount of money on marketing, I think they lost a lot of DC fans throughout this process of what they've done to that character. Yeah. I mean, to the whole universe entirely. I think it's just been, they've kind of like, not to blow it up to extremes, but the whole universe, <laughs> the whole world, man, the whole multiverse is in danger because WB dropped the ball. <laughs> The fact that it was released to very little like acclaim, and then also the reviews have been kind of like bombing it all over. Um, it just—I don't think anybody's really like up for for seeing it, especially during like the Christmas break. I think also it's just like the plot of the first one couldn't stand alone. Like it—it it wasn't a good standalone movie, and it looks like they're just doing a lot of the same for the second one. Like Amber Heard's still in it. Yeah, they still have Ocean Master. Like it's all these characters that you don't care about, like Black Manta. Sure, I'll buy his Fortnite skin, but that's about it. He did have a pretty good Fortnite skin, not gonna lie. I did drop some dollars on that. Fifteen hundo V bucks. As I did for the turtles. Oh yeah. I only bought Michelangelo. The only one that matters. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you buy all of them? <laughs> I, bought all, you didn't I bought all four. I bought all four. <laughs> you guys got a problem. <laughs> you got a big problem. No, but but you're right. I I feel like um you know what's funny though? Like the more I talk to people that have been like I guess more like casual moviegoers in general, I'm not talking like DC fans specifically, but uh you and I seem to be in the minority of not liking that Aquaman film. I personally thought it was very campy and not really, you know, up to snuff, even with like the higher quality stuff for the DCEU, right? Um, it surprised me that that was the only one that made over a billion dollars of that group of films. Yeah, you, you've got a bad uh, sample size there because everyone I talk to hates that movie. <laughs> like casual fans to, you know, superhero fans. It's just not a good movie, period. It's not even like, a, oh, it's just bad for superheroes. Like it's bad. Yeah, that's what I thought too. And that, 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 that's the thing, like when somebody was talking, I was watching this like YouTuber review it. This is like back when it came out. They were like complimenting the CG. I was like, I thought the CG was pretty bad. Yeah, and not not for nothing, but like we we got like we got stuff like Avatar quality out there. Yeah, you know, and and then you drop this, like it doesn't seem like because they were like, oh no, it looked bad when they were on the surface world, but when they were in, in in the ocean, it looked good. I was like, I don't, I thought the surface scenes were okay, and the ones that below the ocean were pretty atrocious. Yeah. All right, that's way too much Aquaman talk. For, that's our that's our yearly quota. You know what? Just 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 to end this, you know, <laughs> let's let's split our attention here. I'll go watch Aquaman too. You go watch Wonka, and then we'll come back at some point and talk about how much we despise or love these films. You didn't have to go see Aquaman. I'm I'm gonna go see. I'll Wonka take one for anyway. the same. <laughs> Nobody's asking you to see it. I'll take the trident for us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got to go as dressed as mermaid or merman. Mermaid Man? Dude, if I'm just if I'm Mermaid Man, you gotta come with me as Barnacle Boy. (laughs) Deal. All right. All right. Uh let's talk walls. Um I started and also finished a season 
the only season of Bookie on Max. Have you seen anything about this? I am 100% unfamiliar with Bookie. It's uh, Sebastian Maniscalco is a bookkeeper. And it's like right before the days of like FanDuel and DraftKings being legalized. So he's like fearing the end of his business, but he's also like getting further too deep into it. It's kind of like a light version of Ballers. I don't know if you ever watched the Rocks show there. Yeah. Um, it's like, it's okay. It's, it's funny occasionally, but it's not that great of acting. What is it like? Is it full on drama? Is there some like comedy to it? I think it's mostly supposed to be comedic, but there's a they're they're adding in some like drama points where it's like he's got the feds on him or something like that, or he's he's dealing with a lot of people who just won't pay him, <laughs> but yeah. he also doesn't want to use force because then that will bring more heat on himself. So it's it's like a funny dynamic there. I just kind of like the world of sports, and you know that's an that's an interesting sector or bit like business line that just had to fade away because gambling on your phone just became so legal and and available yeah it's definitely grown the last couple years um i didn't even realize it kind of legalized it in new york to some degree i'm still very unfamiliar about that whole i'll help you out thing i I can teach you how to lose money all right i'll venmo you some cash you like invest (laughs) and then you know i trust you i invest i don't have a great return rate so (laughs) Uh, red's my favorite color so perfect (laughs) but yeah i don't know if i'm recommending this just uh it's just on my wall i got into it i couldn't get myself out and now i'm eight episodes deep season's over i think i might have seen a couple of clips about this on on tiktok uh which is a real time sucker tiktok is i don't have well my week has been occupied by two big things not big let me rephrase that my week has been occupied my spare couple of minutes during the week have been occupied by videos relating to two big subjects this week one of which is the cat williams interview with shay which i thought was (laughs) i'm getting so many clips of that (laughs) it's so funny i have not dude i've not seen the special from cat williams in years so i don't know like he's he was on the similar level to dave Chappelle for me back in the day like i thought i thought he was like absolutely king yeah um but i'm sure there's some credence to some of the stuff he said in this interview like i'm not gonna get too much into the weeds on it but like the illuminati stuff is just so like interesting to me when he starts spewing that stuff out because it's it's one of those things where like you kind of like i enjoy a good conspiracy theory here and there but when it's like too into the weeds on things i'm just kind of like all right well we've kind of crossed the you know the weeds into a Tom Clancy level, <laughs> like kind of conspiracy. Um, but it, it, dude, the two and a half hours that that interview was was one of the most entertaining things I've seen in such a long freaking time. It was two and a half hours. I didn't watch it. Jeez. I so I left it playing while I was uh, working. I think I want to say it was like Friday. I guess. Um, but it it was, <laughs> it was just it just it was provided for a good laugh here and there. But um, anyway, that and the one thing I did want to talk about that I wanted to spend some time talking about was um, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, well, you are familiar with the PS5 uh, Spider-Man 2 game. that came No, out I'm recently. an Xbox guy. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot. Apologies. Sorry. Nothing else exists other than Mario <laughs> Golf. <laughs> uh, the no, video I game... am familiar with uh, Spider-Man. 
the video game studio uh insomniac studios which is purchased by sony um that produces spider-man spider-man 2 and i think miles morales really successful company um they were hacked a couple weeks ago and i guess like the hackers gave them that like ultimatum of like hey pay us x amount of millions of dollars by this date or we'll release your employees information along with like social security information all this other stuff and like leak their schedule of releases for the next 11 years and so i guess the way that insomniac played it was all right bet just release everything because I don't know. I guess right, been... bet release the social security well, numbers. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> I don't know how they handle that on the back end, man. That's got to be stressful. <laughs> I, you know, people had their opinions on on how that was handled. Some people were like, "Oh, they should have paid them." Honestly, I feel like if your hacker, if a hacker has hacked your stuff, it's kind of like even if you, if you pay them, they're gonna want more. Yeah, and they're still gonna release whatever they they have. Let's be real. You know, I don't think. Like you're compromised at that point. There's no way that you can, you know, don't negotiate just... with terrorists. Yeah, but it's been it's been an interesting thing because I think this is the biggest um, leak that's happened on the video game uh, company in like the longest time. Uh, but they so what they drop? How many social securities did you scoop up? So I th- <laughs> <laughs> apparently they leak that stuff to the dark net, and then the other stuff they just leaked in through. Could you imagine your company got hacked. And then your info was released to the dark web. <laughs> I mean, what was this? What was the stat they said that like eighty-five or eighty-seven percent of Americans' information was compromised in that TransUnion leak a couple of years ago? Oh shoot! Am I part so, of that? <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure all of us with like that were in of working age and above have been compromised to some degree, which is insane. Oh, but man. but the big thing about this, and the reason why I kind of want to talk about it a little bit, is. Number one, the release schedule looks really exciting. <laughs> oh, you are profiteering off of a hostage negotiation? You just, just... <laughs> me. Go on, um, what they leak. Um, they're making an X-Men game. And they're making... I know they're making a Wolverine game. They had announced it before. But some of like the test footage leaked out because of this. I only saw like two things. I'm not actively searching this stuff out. You know, just because... You know, morality and all that. But I did... Like, two videos did come across my feed on Twitter sorry x um and it it from what they've been showing it looks like insomniac's take on wolverine which was really really exciting to see them apply the spider-man engine to to the wolverine character uh but the thing that got me excited was their focus on the x-men which apparently was some sort of like collaboration to do with marvel um but anyway all just to say you know obviously it's an unfortunate thing that they got hacked and that this is how some of that information came out but to you as somebody who you know i'd say i'd say we're both kind of casual gamers right how far off does something have to be for it to really like get you excited like are you excited for gta 6 next year or is that kind of like something you're not even thinking about if it's like five or four years four or five years down the road like is that something that you're that would catch any interest from you at this point? Or is it more like once you have something tangible, give it, you know, <laughs> show me it? Because I saw a lot of debate online over uh, whether it's good that people are knowing a whole bunch of these details of games that are in the works, but probably not going to drop for another couple of years or not. I don't think, generally speaking, a game can make me that excited to be like, I can't wait for it to release for me to buy it. Like, I 
I'm pretty much just in the I play free battle royales like Call of Duty or Fortnite. But the one game I would make an exception for is if a studio said that they were going to redo Star Wars Battlefront and either make it into a, a battle royale or just make it into a more fun version of what it always could have and should have been. I think that one I could be like, yeah, a year out. I'm I'm pumped. I can't wait. I feel like the year is that like cozy timeline for me because I think we talked about this maybe about a year ago, but they had a whole announcement of all these different Star Wars games that were supposed to come out. Yeah. And like half of them have been canceled at this point. They were supposed to redo Knights of the Old Republic. Apparently that's been canned. Yeah. Um, even though they showed a teaser trailer and all this stuff. But yeah, like I, you know, to me, it's like if it's more than a year away. It's not real yet. I'm not giving it a lot of thought, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's not real. Even though it's crazy to, to to look at this and like each of these games that they've done has taken them five, anywhere from five to seven years to do. Which you know, these are like hundreds of millions of dollars being invested into these games. Which, but if you go back five or seven years, I bet the game that's going to be released is like it didn't even like the idea of it wasn't exactly what they ended up with. Like these are just True. like these long-term plans are just like ideas for them to go, okay, now what can we actually really build? Well, that's the thing. Like, I think um, they had had, oh, I saw this uh, interview with Insomniac's game director when Spider-Man 2 launched, but he was talking about how the last game took them about six years to fully complete. And their vision for the game didn't really change all that much from start to end. Uh, what did change was their ability to say whether they can do certain functions or not. Um, but it's just so like I just kind of take it for granted sometimes because I, like I played those two games, um, and I I was definitely really really into them. But the nuances that go into making these things like it does take five or six years. Like we sit here and talk about movies, which take a couple years um, to make, obviously. But video games are like a whole other level. Um, well, yeah, just... it's like it's those games that you get more excited about than games like Call of Duty, where they're released every other year by a different one of the two studios. And it's like you can tell that this game didn't take that long to build because they just yeah. threw a bunch of money at engineers to be like, build it quickly. And there's no dream in there. Right. You have to have that layer of I'm going to dream up what a really cool game will be. And then let's figure out if the technology can help me get there as opposed to just being like. Let's just start off with a realistic, like, what can, what do we, what can we build? Yeah, true. It's just, it just, you know, again, an unfortunate situation with this leak and all that, but it just kind of brought to the forefront this, like, appreciation for gaming that I don't, you know, I didn't really think about all that much. It's just how much work goes into all this stuff and why it takes so many years to, to, to get through. And also, like, the video game business is probably the biggest market in the world right now. Um, you know, to tell somebody it's going to cost hundreds of millions of dollars to produce a video game. Yeah, it costs hundreds of millions of dollars to produce a movie, too. But I'm pretty sure the video game is probably going to be earning more money than the movie is. If you build a good one, it'll last like people will play it for years. Yeah. All all this, all this to say, I think you and I (laughs) should hop on GTA 6 the minute it comes out. I've never played GTA. All right. Well, this is your time. Let's do (laughs) it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, I'll download it. Xbox really limits me on how many gigs I can download off games, but I'll try. 
Yeah, you gotta you gotta uh, turn off all your um parental settings too on, on the. Oh, on okay, good, good call, good call. Yeah, just you know, just in case. <laughs> all right, let's do let's let's hop into the meat and potatoes of this ep. I'll take the meat, but I, I don't think I can't do starches, so I'll pass on the potatoes. All right, I'll take them. That's okay. Yeah, they were coming in as uh, waffle fries from Chick Fil A, so missed oh. It. Oh, shoot. Too okay. late. Uh, you want to do a quick review of the season two? Yeah. You, you want me to kick things off? Sure. Is this the best thing you've ever seen? This is the absolute best thing I've ever seen in my entire life. This is so good. My eyes were blessed, which every render of this <laughs> that popped into screen. Um, no, I honestly, this is uh, this was a nice surprise for me. Uh, what if season one I thought was kind of you know mediocre at best uh, for me? I didn't take too much of an interest in it. Um, no, I, I wouldn't say it was like bad quality episodes or shows, right? But um, I did think this one, season two, just kind of stood out a lot more than season one. That I feel like they had a lot more fun with it. Um, there was like an overall story to this season, but it didn't feel quite as interweaved as the first season did. Um, and also like, I thought a lot of the narratives that were, uh, dropped into the mix here, I thought were made for a lot more interesting, uh, episodes in the first season. That being said, the first season had some standouts like the, um, uh, Ch- uh T'Challa being a ravager thing and that kind of like those episodes i thought kind of st- stood out a little bit the zombie episodes i kind of liked except for paul rudd's uh stuff in it um but yeah like a, a lot of this just kind of made me a little bit more excited about the animation stuff that's coming down the pipeline especially this year uh we got spider-man freshman year eyes of wakanda which is a show that we haven't been shown anything of but apparently they've they've uh shown episodes to the press um, and then the uh, the continuation of the X-Men 90s animated series, X-Men 97 is also coming down. I think that's the first one due in March. But just th- this season just got me excited for that. Um, and there's a lot that we, we, you know, we'll, we'll get into the meat of it. But uh, yeah, overall, I thought this was a solid season. And I wouldn't mind another one coming down the pipeline. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I think the first season was just something so new as a concept wise that it was kind of hard to as a fan to grab onto what they were wanted to do. And I think they were also like, let's just be as creative as possible. So it felt like that they wrapped up season one with that. All right, let's bring everybody together really quickly. And it seemed a little too convenient. This one I really enjoyed because, and I, and I thought I would actually hate it because they were reusing a same character from season one with Peggy Carter, but the way that they used her to tell that full story arc with ultimate Dr. Strange, I think that's like, um, I think that's a, it's a nice storyline, and it was almost like watching a movie play out. Uh, it was really cool to see. Um, I also I like where we're going with these some of these good projects when you dabble into the multiverse, right? Like this Loki. This is almost like what Doctor Strange kind of should have been in a way, or like what they were aiming for with the multiverse of madness, but. Uh, I like when they show us, like, the more we tinker with the multiverse, the more destruction they're creating. And it, it's just like, you, no, the, one universe will not allow another one to live because they need their resources or because they need uh, to start over again in some way. 
So I, I and I and I really enjoyed the the watcher being so involved in this one. I felt like he was just the watcher in the last one, and then he decided to join the action and then disappeared again. So I, I kind of liked him just being like constantly present with Peggy. The only drawback for this, though, is that I, I continue to have the same problem as season one, where with the voice acting, either go all in with the actual actors that we are familiar with and just shell out enough money to do that or just go with voice actors. I, I don't love when they kind of do both. Yeah, some of them feel like imitation, like the Tony Stark uh, voice feels like an imitation of the Robert Downey Jr. Uh, yeah. Iron Man, which you're right. Like we've had a whole bunch of animated uh, Marvel shows that are not that. Why not? get voices from those you know why not use that like i don't know it's it must be a money thing i i, I can't see it being anything else I, I like i can see somebody like robert downey jr not wanting to do this too which like even if you throw enough money at him i feel like he's probably one of those that just oh well i'm worth x amount of millions of dollars so why would i do this did you have any uh episodes that kind of stood out uh yeah, the Kahori episode I thought was my favorite, which I think I think that's for both of us, right? I absolutely agreed. I think that was the standout for me. Um, and anything she was in, to be honest, which was I think a like finale. Yeah, yeah. Th- th- those two were were probably my two favorite ones. I for some reason, and I kind of shared this um, on our last episode, but I thought that the what if the Avengers assembled earlier? That that was the um what if Peter Quill attacked the Avengers episode? I think it was episode three. It stood out to me because I thought it was fun to see like an alternate uh, version of the Avengers coming together much earlier in the timeline um, and just kind of seeing some of them, uh, particularly like uh, T'Challa's father, I think King T'Chaka instead of uh, T'Challa coming together with them. I thought that was an interesting take. And yeah, like th- there was a lot of creativity in that episode, I think, especially given that through Guardians of the Galaxy 2, we did learn that there were potential threats that just never got activated the way that they were supposed to um so obviously that threat didn't manifest on earth until after peter was an adult but yeah to me it was an interesting uh, it was an interesting episode and i thought it was a lot of fun uh from a concept perspective yeah i, I enjoyed that one i thought the nebula nova core one that opened the season i thought that was actually pretty well thought out and seemed like a very full episode as well it didn't seem like there was wasted time in that yeah, that one was fun. It was a good intro to the to the season as well. Also, like again, I I feel like this season really really got helped out by the that fact that this was like a daily episode drop. Um, you know what I was kind of hoping they would do because we got Kahori. Kahori is not a comic book character. She was a, a brand new MCU uh, invention. I was kind of hoping we would play around with characters that are in the overall Marvel universe that haven't had an MCU debut yet. Um, like, give me a John Krasinski um, Mr. Fantastic, even if it's voiced by somebody else, whatever. But, but like, I would love to have seen some of that, like a what-if episode covering, like, the universe that we visited in in uh, Multiverse of Madness. Or, like, give us this backstory behind the zombie Strange, like, how he ended up becoming who he was you know because again it's not fully connected to the mcu live action universe but it kind of is so, like we got captain carter dropping in i think a few no it was it was just multiverse of badness that she was in in live action i think um which i wouldn't be surprised yeah. if she stops sudden again at some point but 
Uh, but yeah, I would love to see some of that, like a little bit more synergy in it. But other than that, I, I thought it's been solid. Yeah, and I don't think you're saying this, but I don't mind introducing a totally brand new character in this way where I, I'm hoping <clears throat> how they can do a screen test, essentially. I hope that this got, that episode got good reviews that it, they could justify making a, you know, a live action version of her because I thought that episode absolutely killed. I wouldn't be surprised if we see her in Secret Wars, assuming they're still going through with the same uh, plan, but... I was just a little confused with her powers. She started flying in the final, <laughs> in the finale, and she had, like, Captain Marvel powers, which I guess was the whole point, right? Like, Captain Marvel got her powers from the Tesseract, and they're saying she got hers from that. So, yeah, that's what I was a little confused about, because it sounds like Kahori got them directly from the Tesseract, right? Because it melded with this world that they were that, that she was dropped into. But Captain Marvel technically did also get them from the Tesseract, but the Tesseract's power that was injected into some engine thing that blew up. I mean, I, I don't know, semantics, but like she technically was infused with part of the Tesseract, whereas Kahori and her people seem to have been um, like infused or trained. Yeah, with it. the full yeah. thing. So I would expect some of some overlap in powers, but uh, yeah, I, it needs a little bit more clarity, maybe. All right. Um, I will also say that the the cool thing about this series is that they like. They're not just doing what if this, you know, plot point changed just a little bit. I think that's like kind of the easy way to come up with what if questions. And that's kind of what we do in the next segment here. But I really enjoy that they can just be like, we're going to take this person from this world and put them on a totally different world. We'll figure out how to get them there. But more so, let's focus on like, what if they were in this scenario? And I I really like that because that's very creative thinking. Yeah, it's also you can get away with a lot of stuff in animation that you know might yeah. be too expensive to test out in in live action. But yeah, I agree. Like, like I just... putting Iron Man with with uh, the Grandmaster, like th- that's a real big leap to get Iron Man there. But it's a great like, oh, how would these two interact? I also I thought it was clever that they used the whole dropping the nuke on Thanos's army. Um, moment to be the thing that transitions him into the world of the, of the grandmaster yeah and then to to bring um gamora against him as well like it, 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 these are really well thought out uh quick snippet of episodes yeah for sure and i think um i hope they continue that like I, and honestly like like i said i hope that they play around with it a little bit more in the next season because we definitely are getting a season three it sounds like um well, not it sounds like I think they previewed a Guardian and Red and uh, Winter Soldier team up. Um, that was the little like clip that they shared uh, for promo for the next season. I'm not sure when they're dropping the next season. I'm assuming it's going to be another holiday drop. I hope it is another holiday drop, to be honest with you. Um, but it's coming. So I hope they keep the momentum up. Um, oh, the other thing, the, the one I actually really, really enjoyed that was kind of surprising to me was Hella teaming up with uh with Wenwu and the Ten yeah. Rings. That was super, super interesting to me because we we barely got a glimpse of Wenwu in in Shang-Chi. There's a lot of questions that I have about that time that he had the Ten Rings. So it was um it was it was interesting to see him and uh and the goddess of death team up together. I thought that was uh that was an interesting uh twist there. 
that one felt a little rushed and also a little bit too parallel to Thor's journey. That it felt just a little lazy on her p- part of the plot. But I, I do, I, I think that's an area that I would love to explore. So actually, I, I want to lead with that in the next section because we took a stab at just coming up with a couple of our own what ifs for phase four that we thought might be a nice little uh, brainstorm activity. So I was inspired by that one. I thought, how do we get more of 10 rings into episodes? So I was thinking, what if, I mean, 10 rings has been around for thousands of years, I guess. So what if Hydra had teamed up with the 10 rings? Like how much further would they have advanced their tech by studying the, the 10 rings and the Tesseract at the same time? Like, could you imagine the fight that Captain America would have to be in if like Red Skull had the 10 rings and all of Hydra tech? He would have lost for sure. I, right? Yeah. <laughs> Plus like the 10 rings would have give, given uh, Hydra like spies that were embedded into foreign organizations and agencies. Like that would have been a really formidable foe for, for Captain America to have to go up against. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would have proven to be a bit too much for, for him. I think uh, either that's like, <laughs> that's an Avengers level threat right there. It is, yeah. I think that would have been really cool. It's it's like it's it's a wonder why like they didn't view Captain America as a common enemy. Let's team up or something like that. It's also kind of cool that the um the ten rings were kind of dropped in just because from a law from like a lore perspective, like yeah, this guy had him for a couple thousand years. What could he could have done a lot worse, <laughs> like a lot more like damage if he really wanted to. So. Clearly, there was some sort of like hesitancy to to be like world ruler and all that. Uh, whereas Hydra, I feel like had that aspiration. So combining those two together definitely would have been a very lethal mix there. Um, yeah. Do you have any any ideas? I had one, um, and this was my like kind of big question mark for this season. Was like, where was Spider Man this season? Because <laughs> last season they we had him in the zombie episode, uh, which was fine. But the animated Spider-Man stuff has always been good to see uh, coming out of uh, Disney Animation and well, not Disney Animation, but Marvel Animation Studios. So uh, he was kind of missing for me. But I put a what if Spider-Man wasn't recruited in Civil War? Like, what if he never had the interaction with Tony? Like, would he still have had the same level of uh, trajectory that he ultimately did have? Um, Probably not. Right, I feel like somebody like Mysterio probably wouldn't have taken interest in him, or who knows? Actually, maybe he would have stayed street level because I feel like the end of uh, No Way Home gave us that street level Spider-Man back into the fold. But I, I would just be curious to see, like, would somebody else have subbed in for him? Tony, being who he is, I feel like he probably would have had his eyes on a whole bunch of other potential up-and-coming heroes. So maybe if it wasn't Spider-Man, it would have been somebody else. Yeah, I think. You would get a similar arc or a similar storyline still, though. Uh, he would just not have the same tech. And it'd be even more of a, I'm doing this with nothing, right? Like the end of Homecoming, he has to fight Vulture without his suit because Tony had written him off. That was a villain that he found on his own that he wanted to fight and was going to use Stark tech, but didn't get to. So I think it's one of those where it's like, these are ripples in a river, like it gets washed away pretty quickly and ultimately you end up with the current still, but it, 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 you're right. I think he would have been like a low level street crime fighter kind of guy for a long while. 
Like we saw him design that suit in Homecoming, and then we saw him design a suit in No Way Home at the end. Like both were just like fabric type materials. They weren't like Stark Tech. The other thing too is like I think if we remove him from Tony's purview, right, and this whole thing, he, he wouldn't have had the interaction he had with the other Avengers. Thus, he wouldn't have been outed. I think his 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 uh, identity wouldn't have been outed. He probably wouldn't have gone into any of those uh, issues he had with Doctor Strange for the spell and all that. It definitely it would have been Tobey Maguire's <laughs> Spider Man essentially, right? I think um, so. But set within the MCU, uh, and that's the thing that I, I kind of hope they get to in the next one. But like, I thought it'd be interesting to kind of explore that. But it sounds like we're gonna get a little bit of that with the Spider Man Freshman Year animated series, which is supposed to tell us the uh, from 14 to 15 age of Spider Man and like what he was up to right before he got recruited. So we'll get to see the Spider Bite and maybe Uncle Ben. Maybe they'll fan cast Tobey Maguire in there as Uncle Ben, like a lot of people were <laughs> saying. I don't know if that'll work since we've already they've already been introduced to each other, but yeah. <laughs> Get, slap me with another one. <laughs> what what else you got? Keep them coming. I don't really love most of mine, so I'm just going to do my second one that I actually kind of liked. But what if the Green Goblin ran into Flash during No Way Home? So the ripple effect I was thinking is that Green Goblin wants to teach Flash because he's like the parallel to the uh, Green Goblin's universe. So he might train him in the ways of like wanting to fight against Spider-Man and kind of turn him into Tom Holland's Green Goblin. And ultimately, when that whole plot gets resolved, you would be left with Goblin, Vulture, Scorpion, Mysterio, Venom if they kept him in that universe. So you have the, you have the makings of a of a true sinister six for Tom Holland, and the true. big kicker, who's number six? Because that was only five. Is it Ned, <laughs> the, the guy in the chair? <laughs> well, Ned, um, comic book wise, right, is is supposed to be the Hobgoblin. So is that who he's supposed to be? I didn't do any research into this, but I I thought that was like the a really funny point in the chemistry lab when they're like, I won't turn against you <laughs> yeah you know ned ned leads in the comics is the um yeah no ned leads is supposed to be um the hobgoblin which um for those unfamiliar it's basically like a, col- a color swap of green goblin so it's literally green goblin but orange with a purple glider and i think a blue little purse thing with his with with his goblin bombs so it, it is an interesting take though because at, at some point i expect that some sort of nod to that is going to happen within the mcu films but yeah. it's still too early to to kind of tell i, I kind of like the idea of like goblin running into someone else other than his his aunt so i i think it could have been more destructive and and leave a scar even after it's been fixed by a spell I was scared he was gonna he was gonna uh, Gwen Stacy uh, MJ. Yeah, I could. Because they never confirmed whether MJ is supposed to be Mary Jane or not until this movie. So the whole time I was like, all right, maybe the, she's gonna be the Gwen Stacy of this universe, and then the traditional Mary Jane comes in to to play it at some mm. point later. But no, they kind of established that this is Mary Jane, but with a different last name. Yeah, I think the quote-unquote Gwen Stacy was the girl in the first movie. 
Vulture's daughter. I, I think uh, Collider had talked about how Gwen Stacy was uh, supposed to be like in the college days back in the comic book. So maybe Gwen Stacy's yet to come here. I don't know. Mm. All right. What's your uh, you got a final one? Yeah. So my last one was uh, what if the Thanos snap wasn't reversed? Uh, I think it would have made for a very interesting phase four to keep either like elongate the the time that it would take to get the Thanos snap reversed or just not have it happen at all. And then in order to get some of those other characters back, literally use the multiverse to get some of these people back into the main uh, universe. I think it would have been an interesting way to kind of handle and see the way that Disney would have handled stuff like you know maybe recasting t'challa maybe maybe getting like an alternate take on on spider-man there i think it would have been a nice little thing to just kind of see how the heroes would react if we kept the core avengers but got rid of everybody else uh for this time i i think animation would be a great way to to kind of explore it i also think that is a it would have been cool to see them try and go down the path regardless and like go all the way to the extent of collecting all the stones, but then not having the snap work. Like it just doesn't work that way kind of thing. Yeah. That would have been really devastating to watch. Like we put a whole time in on a movie. We watched this major heist across, you know, three different timelines and they succeed. We lose Natasha and the snap just doesn't work. Now, what do you do? Like that would have been a really interesting set off for the rest of phase four or you could just go like down the route of okay we just need to learn to accept it and continue fighting you know whatever crime is rising up because they didn't address any of that like any terrorist organizations or anything that kind of rose to power during you know governments being toppled or organizations losing their leaders or whatever like they didn't talk about any like looting or anything in the in the fallout they just showed steve rogers doing a therapy session yeah that could be a nice disney plus series there with the core avengers dealing with the fallout those five years that we're that we don't get any perspective on um that would be a great way and also a good way to bring back the og cast without having to like cheapen the death of and parting of some of those characters um now that we're talking about this you know whether it's what if or on the on the big screen like that would be a great thing to tackle because i feel like phase four was sorely lacking on that yeah like that's a black widow movie we should have gotten is like natasha's counsel when she was in charge like that would have been really interesting to, to see how they're dealing with post blip yeah and like what happened in new york you know with spidey gone is this when daredevil rises into play um especially now that the netflix stuff is considered canon like are we we could have easily been like well the netflix stuff took place in those five years during those five years that would have been perfect yeah then you're like all right well then that's why you didn't get a team up that's why kingpin easily took over because in my mind this whole time i'm like how could kingpin have taken over (laughs) new york city when there's literally a like somebody that's probably more powerful than captain america swinging around in the webs over there so um yeah it just it, it would it would provide for a very interesting take on it give us a snyder cut <laughs> of endgame <laughs> but the, the heroes lose yeah i honestly i i kind of enjoy when the, you get a hero's loss because it's just like they don't do it enough so if they did it too often then i probably wouldn't like it but the occasional infinity war is like that's why that movie is so great because they lose in the end 
was so shocking too. Like yeah. I still some every like I'm not gonna lie, every now and again I'll still go on YouTube and watch the audience reaction to some of those scenes. In I know, particular. Even when you watch it on your own, like when Black yeah. Panther gets blipped away, like our audience was like, No! <laughs> Bring him back immediately. <laughs> that that and Spider Man. I feel like Spider Man yeah. had the most audible reaction of of like blipping away. Yeah. Uh, than anybody else and at least in my the theater that i watched it in um there were literal sobs to be honest between that and endgame i think one showing you and i were at a at, at a showing where we were hearing people sob and that was two weeks into the release of that film i know never one be of those sobs like was it. me just just if you heard the uh crinkling of the chick-fil-a being used to wipe up <laughs> tears that was me <laughs> what if you didn't have that chick-fil-a what Boom. if we were caught with the Chick-fil-A? <laughs> I mean, we could smell it through our backpack. It was that bad. Uh, no, I love these ideas. Let's keep doing these as they keep giving us more what-ifs. Um, and if you have what-ifs that you have come up with, always feel free to reach out to us. Oh, I definitely will reach out to you. I was talking to you. I was talking to, <laughs> to the listener. <laughs> the one singular listener. <laughs> You know, you know, I'll always text you my thoughts on things, even even if they're fully unwanted. They're always wanted. They just don't always warrant a reply. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, and that's a wrap for another episode of Behind the Fourth Wall. Thanks for joining us as we delved into the world of entertainment. If you've enjoyed the conversation, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. For any thoughts, suggestions, or if you just want to reach out, drop us an email at BehindTheFourthWallPodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from our listeners. Stay tuned for more behind-the-scenes insights, laughs, and perhaps a few surprises on the next episode. Until then, this is Ivan. And this is Emmett. Signing off.